You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Live from Chicken Town, this is the Flopcast episode 564 on Flopcast.net. Yes, yes. Hello, Cornflake. Well, look at that. It's time for the Flopcast again. I feel so alive. Well, <laughs> How are you doing, Kevin? Oh, okay. It's been a weird little week, and here we are to do a weird little show. Let's start with National Whatever Day. National Whatever Day! I need your help, Kevin, with National Whatever Day this week because I'm feeling a little bit indecisive. I okay. did my normal research, and I came up with a national day. They came up with a celebrity birthday. We tend to go in one of two directions for this segment and I can't decide. So And yet we must decide. Because like yeah. back in the early days of National Whatever Day. Oh, I piled it on. I was out of control. Yeah, there, there were weeks where I'd be a cornflake. What what do you have for National Whatever Day? And you'd be, I have four of them. <laughs> then a half hour later. You had to book an intervention. <laughs> yeah, we, we had to institute a one whatever day per show policy. So I, I'm gonna need your assistance. Do you happen to have a coin handy? I have a coin. Right here. Nice. I have a, uh, this is a quarter. This is a Montana quarter. There's some kind of like freaky animal on the reverse side, like a cow or a bull or a moose, or it might be a coyote, a giraffe, a skink. A festively dressed chicken. I'm not sure exactly what this is. It could be a chicken. It might be a hippo. It's something from Montana. It might just be a guy. I don't know. Anyway, what do you want me to do with this quarter? I think the most logical way to do things is to make the celebrity birthday heads okay. and the national day tails. So do you mind flipping the coin? I'm just going to give the coin a toss right now, and that'll determine which national whatever day we're doing. Here we go. It landed on heads. All right. Well, there you go. It's a celebrity birthday this week. Go on birthday. What's going on? And if you've ever rocked down to Electric Avenue, you're going to want to know <laughs> that on March 5th, Eddie Grant is turning 75. Wow. All right. One of our 80s pop heroes, Eddie Grant. Someone that I know very little about, actually. I can name, I want to say, two Eddie Grant songs. <laughs> That's one more than what I can name. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. I mean, Electric Avenue is the, the monster hit, of course. But then he also did Romancing the Stone. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, now I know two things. You just <laughs> doubled your Eddie Grant discography. <laughs> he also made a yogurt commercial in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> did they make up like a little Electric Avenue song parody about yogurt? I'm going to say yes. Yes, they did. Of course they did. Please don't quote me. Like he rocked down to Yogurt Avenue. They really missed a huge opportunity if they didn't, you know, work his hit song into the yogurt commercial. All right, Eddie Grant. <laughs> Happy birthday. 75. <laughs> and still alive. He's been kind of freaking us out with his goofy song for 
Like 40 years now. Good job. I have loved it. I guess since I, I thought we'd just have some kind of random uh, flipping through our goofy books full of pop culture stuff kind of shows and keep things nice and easy. So as long as we're on the subject of 80s pop music, maybe we could start with our ranking the 80s book and, you know, get one of those songs out of this book at random. You Oh, you like to make this a game, too. You, this yeah, is like I a, do. This is Cornflake Tries to Guess... Which song we've selected just based on its number, its ranking among every song from the 80s? And so far, you've hit it first guess every single time, as I recall. (laughs) I don't like to brag. (laughs) (laughs) So let's try that again. So yeah, the book is ranking the 80s. They have ranked based on chart performance. It's over 4,000 songs in this book. And I I think what we like to do is check it out and just choose from the top 2,000 songs. It's still a very deep pool of songs, but it gets so super obscure the deeper you go down that list. So let's stick in the top 2,000. We're going to punch 2,000 into our supercomputer and get a random number. We will go to that song and see if Cornflake can guess what it is. I'm firing up the Chicken Town supercomputer, and we're going to go to 80s song number 1300. So it's going pretty far down the list. 1300. Based on the number alone, do you have a guess? Well, there is something that comes to mind, but I think it has less to do with that number 1300 and more to do with the recent whatever day we were discussing Matthew Wilder. Yep. And we were discussing how everybody knew Break My Stride, but he had one other song that right. did catch some attention, but really didn't take off. So I'm just going to guess it. Was it Bouncing Off the Walls? <laughs> okay, that's a good guess, I suppose. Um, it is not Matthew Wilder. Let me toss out a hint to get you started. The song is from 1981. Oh, my memories of 1981 are super duper fuzzy. <laughs> it wasn't a Spando Ballet song, was it? <laughs> it was not Spando Ballet. Oh. Uh, yeah, 1981, it reached a peak position on the charts of number 16. The song is by a group, and I would say a group uh, much more associated with the 70s than the 80s. This has got to be one of their final songs to uh, be on the pop charts. Oh, that's way outside of my comfort zone. Ambrosia? (laughs) I don't know. Ambrosia, a fine guess. Sure. Yacht Rock Gods Ambrosia. (laughs) No, not Ambrosia. Uh, Not Yacht Rock, but definitely a soft rock group. And uh, I would say these are soft rock siblings, even. Soft rock 70s siblings. It's not the Bee Gees. Not the Bee Gees. No, a fine guess. Those are certainly 70s siblings. <laughs> There's a lot of them, I guess, when you think about it. Yeah, it's true. Those were uh, the Gibbs were all brothers, of course. Uh, this is a brother and sister. Oh. Hugely popular in the 70s. The Osmonds? Not the Osmonds. <laughs> well, there was one sister, I guess, and a whole pack of brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they just kept pouring out of Utah, right? One more Osmond brother <laughs> after another. There was no end to the Osmonds. No, Cornflake, I'm talking about Richard and Karen Carpenter. This is the Carpenters. Oh, your clues are so good, by the way. I'm just dense. <laughs> well, I tried. The song was Touch Me When We're Dancing. A late hit for the Carpenters. Siblings. 
singing Touch Me When You're... Well, hopefully they're not singing it to each other. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to judge, but... <laughs> I ruined everything. I'm sorry. Although in this era, this is when they were doing those Donnie and Marie sketches. Uh, speaking of the Osmonds on, on SNL, remember they, they did those Donnie and Marie sketches where they'd be singing together and then they would just suddenly just start going at it. <laughs> <laughs> they would just start groping at each other. That was uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Gary Kroger, I believe, back on the SNL in the early 80s. Yep. But no, this is the Carpenters. We love the Carpenters. And we can't bag on them even if it was true. <laughs> I mean, Karen Carpenter, she oh, just she... sang like an angel and a serious drummer. Yes. I was watching some documentary about them a few years back, and she was very serious as a drummer, and they had to really convince her to get out from behind the drums, you know, and just sing up front. Plus, she was tiny. Also, you know, you disappear behind the drum kit. If I could disappear behind a drum kit, I would. <laughs> so touch me when we're dancing. Not not one of the uh, Carpenter's classics that you think of instantly as all those 70s hits. I think I'm mixing it up in my head with touch me in the morning. So many chances to be, <laughs> for people to touch each other. <laughs> Especially in the 80s. <laughs> there was a Samantha Fox, right? Invisible touches. There was a lot of touching going on. Wasn't Samantha Fox that really wanted everybody to touch her also? Yes. Yeah, a lot of touching. Rod Stewart had the love touch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then eventually it all just boiled down to the divinals, remember? Oh, yes. That's where it was all inevitably heading. (laughs) But in 81... There was no one else left to touch. (laughs) (laughs) When the dance is over, here's the carpenters... (laughs) Touch me when we're dancing. Uh, I don't remember exactly how this game went just now, but as I, as far as I know, uh, you got it immediately on your first guess. Congratulations. Your perfect streak at the ranking the 80s game continues. It's because I am an expert when it comes to the Carpenters. See, we'll just edit out that whole beginning part. Oh, good. And you, you'll come across like a super genius on the show. Because I can't believe I guessed Matthew Wilder. <laughs> Note to self, edit heavily this week. Only this week? <laughs> oh man, nobody edits like the Flopcast edits. It's true. <laughs> uh, I've got another book here. I've got a new book. Tell me more about your new book. I thought we'd do one more flip to a random page in a goofy book of pop culture junk sort of a game today. And just to mix it up, we're not going to use our Pudding Pages book. Uh, I don't have my regular TV book or my regular movie book. I got a new one. This book just arrived at the studio. This book is called Single Season Sitcoms of the 1980s, A Complete Guide. This is by Bob Lezizak, something like that. I'm butchering this dude's last name. There's like 18 consonants in a row in the middle of that name. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a fine, fine book. And come on, single season sitcoms of the 80s. That seems like just the sort of thing we like to yammer about around here. Sounds like an absolute treasure trove. It's good stuff. Yeah, and it's not just like a big list. Like every entry is extensive and really has a lot of uh, information and description of all these shows. I flipped through it a little bit already. A lot of these shows I remember quite well. Some I just barely remember. Some I do not remember at all. So uh, there's a lot we can learn from a book like this. But I thought, just to uh, test drive this book, let's let the supercomputer dictate which page we're going to go to, and we'll see what we land on. And I think for this book, we're going to aim for between pages 3 and 182. Okay. 
So we don't end up on a table of contents or something like that. Exactly. In the new single season sitcoms of the 80s book, Cornflake, we are going to page 105. Fairly deep into the book. Let's see what we get. Hopefully something good. We deserve something good. Okay, page 105 continues uh, the show that starts on page 104. That show, I've heard of this show, never saw it. From 1989, the show is Nearly Departed. Oh, I watched that. You know this one? Yeah, I do. It says they only showed four episodes. <laughs> yeah, and I watched all of them. But you were there. <laughs> oh, wow. Cornflake. Turns out a super fan of Nearly Departed. So this is like a ghost show, right? There's ghosts? Yes. And the yeah. only one who can see them. So it was kind of Beetlejuice-esque, right? Where the, the husband and the wife. I feel like we've talked about Nearly Departed on this show before. Because Eric Idle was the... yes. It's uh, Eric Idle and Caroline McWilliams, who I know her from Benson. She was on Benson. It was kind of like a new twist on the TV show Topper. Right. It actually mentions Topper in here. That was an old show about a ghost. Yes. Uh, so Eric, Eric Idle and Caroline McWilliams were killed in a rock slide. And the story is laid out in the theme song every week. So every week you're reminded that there was a death. Two people killed in a rock slide. There's like a fun, wacky song about people dying in, yes. <laughs> in a rock slide. All right. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to YouTube Nearly Departed. So there's a, it's a big cast. There's a photo on the page, and there's like 10 people in the cast. Yeah. yeah Wendy Shaw, Wendy Shaw uh, she was on Fantasy Island. Like, she was the new tattoo on, <laughs> on Fantasy Island. They, they tried her out to uh, replace Hervé Villachez on, on Fantasy Island for a bit. So I know her. I recognize Stuart Pankin right there in the front. Yeah, he was on Not Necessarily the News in the 80s, and he was also one of the voices on Dinosaurs. Did you like it? You were. It sounds like you were a big fan of the show. I didn't. <laughs> and yet you tuned in every week. Here's what happened, Kevin. It was on NBC on Monday nights. Do you remember this, or are you frantically Googling right now? I remember. So here's why I remember <laughs> this. You know what also what? used to be on on Monday nights? Yeah. Elf. Oh, okay. So now there's this other sitcom on in addition to Elf. I, now, I cannot remember whether Nearly Departed was on before or after. I think it was on after. This says NBC Mondays. That's a frightening memory you've got there. NBC's Mondays at 8.30. April through May 1989. I thought, well, it's a show that comes on after Elf. It's got to be a strong comedy. And I was horrified. There's a ghost dog on this thing, too. It says that so that that couple was killed in the avalanche, as well as their champagne guzzling Saint Bernard named Neil. I don't remember the dog. So there'd be like a giant ghost dog wandering around on this show. That's cool. You would think I would remember that. Yeah. For my love of dogs. I don't remember there being a dog. So they're haunting a house with all these new people in it now, including yes, yeah, Stuart Pankin and Wendy Schall and a bunch of other people who I don't recognize. But yeah, it's it's the wacky ghost sitcom format. Once again, which, yeah, they, they seem to reference Topper throughout this uh, description of Nearly Departed. For me, I go straight to Jennifer Slept Here. Yeah. Sitcom ghost, I'm going to <laughs> Angelion in Jennifer Slept Here. That was my sitcom ghost when I was a kid. I need a hot blonde sitcom ghost that only the uh, horny teenage son can see. <laughs> it was a nice, wholesome family sitcom. I need a Gina Davis that only a Lydia can see. Yeah, so. they got it right in the movies. 
Yes, they did. But I was a little worried <laughs> that comedy was going the way of people dying and being stuck in the afterlife <laughs> in, the, in the late 80s. It was getting kind of dark. <laughs> you thought this would be every show from now on. It's all ghosts. Looks like they interviewed Stuart Pankin for this uh, for the book. They've got all kinds of quotes from Stuart wow. talking all about his adventures uh, making Nearly Departed. Yeah, Stuart, he's been on uh, TV Guidance Counselor also with our buddy Ken. Yeah, good guy. All right. Well, I'm going to look this up on the YouTube. I'm not going to watch all four episodes like you did, but I'll, I'll make it through the uh, wacky theme song at least. Yes, you should at least appreciate the theme song. The theme song's fun to listen to. I definitely will. So I've got a whole book of this stuff. I can't promise you I remember them all as well as I remember Nearly Departed. But to this day, I like that show haunts me for life. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> all right. We'll have all kinds of fun with this book in the coming years. <laughs> I'm glad we got nearly departed out of the way. It's a strong start. There's plenty more where nearly departed came from. Uh, what are you doing with as far as TV shows these days? Have you found anything better than nearly nearly departed in the last, <laughs> last 30 years? What are you watching? There is an Australian game show I like these days. <laughs> okay. And it's called Guy Mont Spelling Bee. They actually made a TV show out of a spelling bee, and it's hosted by Guy Montgomery, who is an Australian comedian. Right. That sounds uh, on brand for, for you. Yeah. It is a spelling bee show with a twist. Uh, for example, it won't just be spell this word, but it will be spell this word the way a six-year-old spelled it. You have to guess the way that a like a six-year-old spelled it. So it's not straight straight up spelling, but it's all comedians and it is fun. <laughs> what else? Uh, oh, I think I told you I was way into a show out of South Korea, Extraordinary Attorney Woo. Yes. Yes. I'm going to check that out one of these days. And you put me onto a show called Girls at the Back. So I've been watching that. The Girls at the Back. Yeah. That's a Spanish show. That's a good show. I am loving that. How about you? Oh, good. I thought you'd like it. Uh, what am I? You know, we're, we're, I'm just watching different strokes reruns. <laughs> 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 we just got to the one with Mr. T. Nice. Yeah. One of the greatest things that ever happened was uh, Mr. T playing himself, making a special guest appearance on different strokes. Then, of course, at the end, like Arnold shaves his head to look just like Mr. T. It's fantastic. What's not to love? I don't have time for any new shows. I'm very busy with uh, <laughs> <laughs> Willis and Arnold. That's what it's come to. Well, you know what? I think we just wanted to uh, keep things nice and simple and short this week. So why don't you go ahead and wrap up the show? Sure. We would love to tell you where to find the Flopcast between shows in case you didn't know. We have our own website. It's flopcast.net. We're at facebook.com slash flopcast. We're on Mastodon, universodon.com slash at flopcast. And we're on Instagram as the underscore flopcast. Guess what? Over on the Apple Podcasts website, it is raining ratings and reviews. But for us, we would love to hear from you. If you would leave us a rating or a review or, or even both, that would be so great. Music for the Flopcast is written and performed by the Sponge Awareness Foundation. In the long, rich history of the Sponge Awareness Foundation, we never made a song about people touching each other while they danced. That was a missed opportunity. That's why the Carpenters sold a few more records than we did. <laughs> kind of glad you didn't. <laughs>
<laughs> it probably worked out best for everybody. Uh, actually, before we totally wrap up the show, we did want to uh, mention our friend Darren real quick. Yeah. So uh, if you'll bear with us, uh, we, we lost a dear friend of the ESO network uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, and that's Darren. And I know we've mentioned Darren, Darren Noel, on the Flopcast uh, here and there over the years. Certainly, uh, he was a big part of the ESO network. And if you ever listen to the DragonCon report here on ESO, Darren was uh, one of the hosts of DragonCon report. Uh, always very funny, fantastic on that show. And he was also a, a regular uh, guest on Earth Station One on our flagship show. Like Every two, three months or so, they, they would do a uh, LGBTQ-themed episode of Earth Station One, and they would always bring in Darren to kind of uh, arrange that show, put the topic together. He did a great job with that. A regular presence at Dragon Con. You know, the first time I met him was certainly at Dragon Con. First time I ever had apple pie. You know apple pie? That mm -hmm. crazy, crazy, scary, strong drink <laughs> that people make and uh, share at DragonCon, we were getting ready to do a big uh, ESO Network group recording, and Darren came into the room, and he had like gallon jugs <laughs> of, <laughs> of his notorious homemade apple pie beverage, and I'd I'd never actually had it before. And I said, "Oh, Darren, yeah, that that's is that pie there?" I said, "I've never actually had it." I don't even know if he, if he knew who I was, but he looked right at me. He said, "Well, you're having it tonight." And, uh, <laughs> He set me up, and it was yummy, and it was dangerous. He could make some frighteningly high-octane uh, apple pie. <laughs> In fact, he uh, uh, Darren gave me his recipe for uh, apple pie. And the year that we had virtual Dragon Con for uh, pandemic year one, when everybody had to stay home, the mayor and I uh, brewed up a, a big home batch of apple pie based on Darren's recipe. I even made like a big goofy label to stick on our bottle that said Darren's pie. Aww. So thanks for the pie, <laughs> Darren. Uh, he was a, a, a constant presence at Dragon Con. And there's photos around. You'll see Darren in his uh, his Wonder Warrior costumes. So he was a customer. And every year he'd wear his Wonder Warrior costume, which was kind of based on Wonder Woman. <laughs> there's photos of him with George Perez. And Darren's in his Wonder Warrior costume. You know, Darren was certainly a big fan of George Perez and his art, as we all were. And Darren was a big Legion of Superheroes fan. And as a podcaster, he hosted a show called The Legion of Substitute Podcasters, which was... <laughs> All about the Legion. One of the good guys, Cornflakes. So mm. we're, we're all missing uh, Darren around here on ESO. So uh, pour yourself a cup of uh, apple pie or whatever uh, your beverage of choice may be. And uh, think of Darren. Long live the Legion. We miss you, brother. And we'll see you next week. Peace and cookies. You know what now is a great time for... A promo for Soul Forge Podcast. We talk about love. Loss. Tattoos. Sex. Dating. Stupid things we do for love. Pop culture. Mental health. We've had author interviews. Adventures. And shenanigans. What? Soul Forge Podcast. Where? We're everywhere. Soul Forge Podcast. Subscribe today. Forge your soul. Okay, Cornflake, uh, we're still here. The Secret After Show is still here for you secret people who are still with us. What are we doing for the Secret After Show? 
Well, the secret after show folks get to hear what the other option was going to be for National Whatever Day. Oh, that's a good idea. Had my Montana quarter come up tails, we would have been celebrating something completely different. And I'm so glad that the secret people are going to get to know about this. February 27th is International Polar Bear Day. Oh. International Polar Bear Day is the day, you know, polar bears, they they generally dwell in the Arctic. But yeah, as I understand it, on International Polar Bear Day, they're allowed to go wherever they want. On International, one day a year, <laughs> they, they all just head south yep. and just, just let loose. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, you're lucky you haven't found out the hard way. That's amazing. Do they? So they know, like they have calendars up there in the Arctic Circle? I think they they count on the position of the sun to know. Okay, they don't have like a paper wall calendar. They just they the, the stars, the sun, they know here we go. Yeah, it's just everybody heads south. It's intrinsic. Yeah, I think it the polar bear moms pass it on to their cubs and every year on the 27th they just let loose. If nothing else, this would explain why polar bears are so hated by Eddie Grant. <laughs> because every year on the 27th, they rock down to Electric Avenue. They ruin his birthday every year. It's just all about the bears. <laughs> this has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tea Public store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.